Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is scheduled for one fall and is for the title of greatest podcast ever made. Introducing first, from San Diego, California, Austin Cook. And from Odessa, Texas, Kayla McLemore. And these two together make up the Internet World Order. Well, hey there, everybody. It's Austin Cook and Caleb McLemore, and we are back for a new episode of the Internet World Order podcast. And since it's November, you wrestling fans probably know what that means. That's right. It's time for Survivor Series. And today we're actually going to be looking. A lot of people are probably like, oh, they're going to do Survivor Series 2002. And you were almost right. But today you're not, because guess what? We are going to cover Survivor Series 2014, which is an interesting podcast, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll I'll take the if any of y'all are curious as to why we picked this year, I'll take the bullet on that one. <laughs> I convinced Austin to do it solely because of the main event, because the rest of this card is kind of like average with some, you know, ups and downs. But the main event is so good. It's literally why I got the WWE Network. Yeah, and that so, says a lot. <laughs> this, uh, I'll take the bullet on that in case y'all are like, wait, why this one? Blame me. I, you know what? You shouldn't feel bad though, Caleb. I'm just saying. <laughs> like, it's. <laughs> I actually really had a great time, like with this pay per view. I know beforehand I was just like, Ugh. but in reality, there's some good stuff on here. Like Bray Wyatt and Dean Ambrose had a really good match, as you mm-hmm. had mentioned earlier, that I I enjoyed thoroughly. Uh, the women had one of the longest matches on the card outside of the main event, and that's because it was Survivor Series match. And yeah, that's always going to be long, right? And and to be fair to them, it actually was pretty decent. Like I, I'm saying, yeah. like it was it was good enough. It yeah, we've come a long way. <laughs> oh, it's I, also it's like it's not every Survivor Series is going to be like the greatest ever. You just hope it's not terrible, and this definitely was not that. Right. It it was better than most people probably would have pinned it, but that doesn't necessarily make it amazing. And, right. <laughs> but we will talk about that further on. Uh, the one weird thing about this pay-per-view, Caleb, is that there is so much talking. Yeah. That yeah. is, I, that, I that think it was an issue with WWE at the time. Oh, and it, it's, it still bugs me to this very day. Like they, they've gotten, to the point, like, especially with NXT, where they're like, don't just talk. Like, you need to wrestle. Like, people are here to see wrestling. Mm-hmm. And people want to see matches. Like, <laughs> if I wanted to watch people talk, I'd listen to a podcast, a.k.a. the Internet World Order, available on all platforms, yeah. including Apple <laughs> Podcasts. <laughs> but, <laughs> Please love us. Promoting our own podcast. <laughs> Within own, the podcast, everything is an ad. Podcastception. But <laughs> we sponsor ourselves. Please, please share this podcast. <laughs> no, but to, to your point, it's like this was like, I remember a legit gripe people had because it's one thing if you do it on like Raw or SmackDown where you have a lot of promos because that's a little more acceptable because weekly shows are meant to like promote pay-per-views or at least whatever the next big event is but when you have so much talking during the event itself kind of is like why did i pay money for this again it's kind it can be really boring i'll I'll put it that way to be fair yeah i think 
Like it's just, there's so much of it and it almost feels like they were stretching it out to reach like a certain time limit because it felt that way. And, and this is just, I'm just going to say it. Vince McMahon is very specific about what he likes and what he doesn't like. And I think that he was trying to shoot for longer, more epic pay-per-views, especially since it's a big, yeah, big four pay-per-view. And mm-hmm. we're looking at, you know, the Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam. And at the same time, we're also looking at Survivor Series because Survivor Series has become one of the big four. Yep. So I think that there was an expectation from him himself, because that sounds very Vince, <laughs> to make it longer, to make it more epic. And yeah, to explain well, to people who maybe don't know the entire story or have who haven't entirely been watching, hey, this is what's going on. This is a big deal for this reason. Like it came across as like they're trying to hype it up as a big deal. And right. I, I, I get that to a point, but I think it, I almost started to check out within the first 20 minutes. No, for sure. Like, I look, I was in the middle. I'll be since you're honest, I will be as well. Like. I was in the middle of decorating my Christmas tree. <laughs> oh, you, you have your I, Christmas tree up already? Hold I'm on. I'm one of those people. Did you get, wait, did you get me. a real one or a fake one? We live in, we live in Texas. I'm not, not going to get a real one. <sighs> I'm just curious. I just wanted to know. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm just saying like, I'm in the middle of decorating it and I was watching it. The first, I watched it like uh, half on one day, half on another day. So I also had my Giants game up. Well, and I, I'm sorry. I kind of was a little too. Eh. Uh, it it's okay. It I'm a 49ers I, fan. So. Oh, you're right. They're in that boat with me. But, okay. um, go on, go on. But to your point, like I, I did check out cause they were recapping information. If you've been watching raw and SmackDown, you already knew all this information. So that's the biggest reason why you would check out. And like you're saying, he wanted to be epic. Cause at this time, I would probably think until probably what 2017 is when they finally started easing up a little bit is they're trying to compete with how like the Super Bowl is like an all day event or how like uh major like sports tournaments or even like esports tournaments become this big like takes up the entire day. And he's like, Well, then if that's what people are watching, I want to make my if people are really into that, let's make wrestling like that. Which is like, then they realize it doesn't, it has its issues. Right. Which is like, for instance, <laughs> too much talking, which since we covered how, so we covered Halloween Havoc last time, they had a similar problem, except this time they actually understood not to have all the promos awkwardly at the, uh, at the front of the ramp. They actually knew when to go backstage. Right. And I think some of the problems that I have with the talking is that, like, because explaining it, like, I'll, I'll sum it up for you in under 30 seconds. Triple H and Stephanie McMahon are the authority, which is like this super evil, like, we ru- we rule the wrestling world. We rule WWE. Muhaha. And then John mm-hmm. Cena is like, I'm going to beat you and you're going to get fired. And they're like, well, if you don't beat us, everyone on your Survivor Series team will lose your job. That's the story. That's literally yeah. it. <laughs> yep. It's like they'll lose their they'll lose their jobs and then Cena will essentially be I guess humiliated or whatever where he'll want to be fired mm-hmm. yeah like you said that's yeah. we just sum up the first 20 minutes so yeah. that which, that was what we spent our time watching and they, you know they talked to Vince McMahon and he was like <laughs> 
almost word for word. <laughs> I obviously not, but I I don't really know what else to say about it because no. <laughs> there's like not really... don't I mean it's like I wish they just had more things to say than just recapping like a filler anime episode, but because they're they are interesting characters like Cena mm-hmm. is a great talker so is stephanie and vince and triple h like you had four really good talkers in there and both of us are still nearly checking out that yeah. that's not good and and I, I think that it's because they were relying on it of, of just dragging it out and one thing i'm a stickler for is pacing and i really felt like just pacing in this survivor series pay-per-view was really not strong And it's hard to ask of that with wrestling because wrestling is unpredictable. But (laughs) I I noticed at times like they do it later on, too, or they're hyping everybody up back in the locker rooms. And I was like, I don't need to see all of this. Like, agreed. I agreed. But. I would have preferred that. Over just the opening intro, like if they'd left out the whole opening intro and just kept those backstage like and then a video package. Perfect. Perfect. Like have and, a video package at the beginning and then have those two things at the end. And then we start the main event like that. Boom. That that's all you need. And, you know, I'm not trying to be like, well, this is what you guys need to do to make your live broadcast better. But <laughs> like, no, for I don't, sure, don't want to be still, that guy. Well, no, no, but we're still custom. Like we're still like people that have been watching. Like, so I've been watching since I was a kid. You've been watching for years. So we do like we still have like opinions. Yeah. on like what we think would work better. Doesn't mean it no, will, right. but still, like, what would work? But yeah. you're right. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> with that agree. established, like, I understand what they did at the very beginning because they want to like, it's an old school tactic, and that's part of the other thing with 2014 is streaming hadn't really taken off yet. The only one is like Netflix, and that was it. Yeah. Uh, nowadays, they, you don't have to do the constant reminders and stuff. People are aware because, as we know, on streaming, it tells you, it gives you the of what's happening. So. And they've gotten out of the habit of that. Like they still will do it from time to time, but only if there's like a really complicated storyline or if there's like legitimately a lot going on and the audience kind of does need to be reminded. Otherwise they've kind of backed off in the, and I'm happy they have, but let's get to the first match on the show. And okay. Hey now, I I know I'm saying, okay, all right, let's do it. Let's go. (laughs) Uh, You had a, uh, it's a fatal four-way tag team match for the championships. You had uh, The Miz and Dame Mizdow, Goldust and Stardust, Los Matadores, and uh, The Usos. Before they went, like, back when they were still, you know, the happy-go-lucky wearing, like, you know, having half their faces painted and doing, like, uh, I don't know, it kind of reminded me a lot of, like, Rocky Maivia when he first came out before he became The Rock. This was weird. <laughs> yeah oh no it's weird seeing where they are now being like oh that's right they used to be like that it's so oh uh, it's so utterly strange like <laughs> because oh, I, i'm so used to them being better. like we're also right in the middle of like this huge character driven storyline with like the usos and roman reigns so yeah watching oh, this like, i was like whoa i don't like this <laughs> yeah I, that's why i realized as we were watching this i was like maybe i should have we should i should have Suggest the Survivor Series a little further back, so we're not having this weird like clash of what's currently happening versus 
these storylines. But it is interesting to see how much it's changed. And we we have the Usos where they're like, where I say Us, you say Oh, Us, Oh, and yeah. on and on. But <laughs> then we have Los Metadores, uh, yep. which is, I. it's basically two Matadors who wrestle, and yep. they have a little person who is dressed up as a bull. And... Yep. Uh, that that's it <laughs> that's all. there's that, nothing more i can add on to that no i mean yeah and then you had a uh, gold dust and stardust which i was talking about this with awesome before we started recording of i know cody has gone on record saying he hated stardust i would t- i would character. too i would too if i were him well i thought the character was great he i think what was it people compared him to like the uh gorshin riddler from like the adam west batman mm-hmm of him just being like this insane person that could snap on you at any moment. Right. It, still- it can be interesting, but this is Cody Rhodes and I can call him Cody Rhodes now because he got his name back. But <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing with this gimmick is that it can be really good, but the way that it was booked was. It was it was not good. <laughs> well, they hadn't gotten to that point yet. At this point, it was actually still going, I think pretty strong yeah it, it was fine here but they eventually were just like you know what i don't know <laughs> yeah no and i get that like i'm not saying i don't understand i completely understand where his frustration came from and i especially when they, they realized they had nothing for him mm-hmm. but still i, I dug the character because he just cracked me up because of how like it really did feel like i was watching a batman like an adam west batman villain oh he's but, a pro uh, he he's oh, a pro Absolutely. But then we also have the Miss and Damien Misdell. Which, okay, this gimmick is amazing. <laughs> Even is. if you don't like Misdow, like, if you don't like Damien Misdow, that's okay. But mm-hmm. he was on fire <laughs> at this point. Oh, the crowd loved it. And his if character work was brilliant with it because he just rolled with it. Like, mm-hmm. he, they loved him so much because he would just imitate he was basically the Miz's stunt double because this is when the Miz was going through his whole A-lister movie star phase and mm-hmm. Damien Mizdow was like well I'll be your stunt double and it's like this weird like you know this opposites attract thing in, in, well, in terms of just wrestling not like opposites attract I, <laughs> <laughs> I could have used some other phrase to describe that but yeah, he basically just mimics every single action that the Miz does. And it's amazing, but he takes the same bumps too, which makes it even better. <laughs> He'll go out of his way to hurt himself so he can commit to the role. <laughs> and the crowd, look, anyone that looks back on this saying, well, this was stupid. Go watch how much the crowd is eating this up. Yeah. They love they, this. And every, and the, and the best part is the Miz being the pro that he is as a heel. He understood his role in it because you'd see him raise his hand and the crowd would boo him out of the building. <laughs> and Damien would raise his hand. They're cheering like crazy. Yeah. The like, Hold on. <laughs> oh, that was great. And it, it was leading to something. I, I actually mm-hmm. kind of appreciated the long term storytelling. They had a little moment in the, uh, the Royal Rumble 2015, which, oh, that's a pay-per-view we're going to have to talk about. That is yep. It's yeah. Royal Rumble 2015, aka Boo the Musical. <laughs> if I could sum up, yeah. if I could sum it up in any way, it's that. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, that 
that, that's but, I'll leave it at that. Anyway, but what's go on. weird about the match is, I mean, at first I was like Fatal Four Way Tag Team Match, so I thought there'd be four guys, and I've never. There's another thing they did for a while. I don't know if it was just a. So as I've listened to podcasts about wrestling, sometimes I've learned they come up with these ideas because wrestlers are like, "Hey, I need to be on the car," and they're like, "Well, we already have a tag match. Like, sorry, you need to put me on the match." And like, fine, triple threat tag match. No, we need to be on the match too. And it's like, okay, fatal four way tag match, so you can all get paid. And uh, they had this weird phase where they kept doing these because mm-hmm. you have four teams, but there's only two guys in the ring at a time. So anyone can tag in, which already sounds odd. And which led to one of the great moments when the New Day did this, I think a few months later, where Big E was in the ring. Uh, and wh- whoever he's going against, Kofi tagged him, and then Big E tried to cover Kofi so they would win. It was really funny. And <laughs> and I, I just started lying. I was like, that's really, yeah, you're that's smart. But, um, because it made no sense to me, like, just have four guys in the ring. So it's a fatal four-way. And any of the other tag team partners can tag themselves in. Otherwise, you get this weird cluster. And that is honestly what this... They did the best with what they had. That's the best way I can put it. Yeah. And I'll... Like, you feel the same way, Austin? Yeah, pretty much. That's... <laughs> I, I don't know. Th- this match is better than I really wanted to, like admit at first because i was just kind of i was already almost tired but by the time this match no, started I... which is it's just honest it's just my honest feeling oh. and you know i like when i put it into perspective i think that this was just a good way to start the pay-per-view because obviously like this entire thing is built around one match and the people in this match did what they could with what they had and i have a lot of respect for that like a ton and everyone yeah. in there was is pretty talented too. Like, say what you mm-hmm. will about the Miz, but <laughs> there is no bad wrestlers in there. This, yeah, and this was before the Miz even really took off. Like he, and he was world champ at one point too. But like, it's so funny, like seeing where he is now and like the year he had in like 2016, 2017, oh. where he was just yes. on fire, and we can go back retrospectively and go, man, we were wrong. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people were wrong about the Miz. He, cause he worked hard every day to prove that, you know, he was exactly who he said he was. And I have nothing but respect for that. And mm-hmm. it's just so funny because he's always gotten the short end of the stick. <laughs> Dude, right. I'm sorry. And, then, <laughs> and look, I mean, unfortunately, as we know, it's like in film industry, any industry, there are just some people who unfortunately, the cards they're dealt is they have to work harder mm-hmm. and the Miz definitely that was what he had to do. But what I liked about this is obviously the being a big cluster of so many people, they just had, I don't know. I'm not gonna say fun with it, but like they definitely were just doing everything they can to kind of pump the crowd up. Mm-hmm. And I did like the ending where uh, I think it was gold dust. Like got hit by like two or three finishers. Yeah, and, <laughs> uh, and then right when he was, I think uh, one of the Usos was going to cover it, Miz, in the perfect personification of his heel care, just grabs him and just throws him out of the ring. And so then... he could get the... Yes. Damien tags himself in. Oh, and, and he scores the win. 
Can you say that one more time? <laughs> the crowd just goes absolutely bananas. They were so hyped. <laughs> I was Miz hyped. So, and the Miz looks so like he had that confused look on his face. Like I should be happy, but I'm also mad that you took this from me. It's like we won, but I have an ego. <laughs> yeah, that's why he took both of the tag. Oh, it's such good character work. He took both of the tag titles, saying, "I am the tag team champion." <laughs> <laughs> and then and then, then Damien Mizda immediately followed it up by doing the same thing just because that's his, his character. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, when Miz would raise the title, he gets booed. When Damien would raise his non-existent titles, he got cheered. That was oh, that that was the best part of the whole match. Like, I mean, you have a ton of talent in there, and they had a a good match. It's it's good enough. It's a good start. And you know, anything with I like Stardust too. Stardust is good, but. Well, Cody Rhodes. I I meant Gold Dust, no, but like, <laughs> well, no, yeah, word vomit uh, <laughs> happens. But um, I will say just as a note, because some, because obviously we're not going to be talking about like a lot. We're not going to talk about like all the follow up stuff of like the following weeks. But uh, one of the announcers, I think it was JBO, who was saying someone's going to need to get like stunt titles for Damian. Oh, they did that. They did. He would come out with little cardboard titles. <laughs> he and put it was so amazing. much love and effort into this. But yeah, so it was it kind of especially after and then we talked at length about the opening promo. But I think this was kind of a kind of the blood pumping sort of thing after a long promo. So yeah. you kind of get so people are like, oh that's right, we're here to walk okay, now we're hyped up for wrestling. Let's go. A lot of workhorses in this match, so that that's good. And the yeah. the story behind them was pitch perfect. So I I can you know now that I talk about it more, the more I'm like, oh, you know that actually was better than I remember. I think at the time because I was just kind of like almost a little glazed over. So I kind of missed how some of the great like stuff was going on. Oh, and for sure. That's just that. But then then we move on to the women's Survivor Series match. The poor women. Oh my yeah, gosh. Well, I feel the most sorry for like Natalia and Paige because I was like, they're so good. Y'all can actually wrestle. They're so good. Well, Naomi was actually learning. I give her credit. She was getting better. She was working hard. (laughs) She was when she was still very new. She had very recently gotten out of the whole like being a backup dancer for Brodus Clay, Mm -hmm. and And they were protecting her. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. But she, (laughs) you could, you already see it. Of like, she would do stuff where you're like, oh wow. (laughs) <laughs> oh wait a minute <laughs> what happened, but, um, what happened? <laughs> you're like the thing i didn't like about this match was i was confused who was who because everyone seemed to be playing a different character and yeah and that can become white noise after a while who were the faces and who were the bad guys that like the whole time i was like is emma the bad guy because she's catering to the crowd but she's with Natalia, who has way more of an attitude. And yeah, I just, I was Paige so would, But then Paige was like berating Summer Rae for screwing up. And it's like, is she the heel? I don't know. I have no idea. And Cameron seemed to be the heel. But then Layla was also kind of there. And Summer Rae was, I, I don't know. I, I can't yeah. tell you. And that's what makes me upset. <laughs> no, and look. For those that are maybe wondering, in pro wrestling, you have to have this stuff. Uh, I'm not written in stone is the right way to put it, but you have to have it established. Mm-hmm. You have to be like, these are the good guys. These are the bad guys. And I know you're sitting there going, well, why? What, what's wrong with having a mixture? 
in story and like books and movies, you can get away with that because you have time to explain it in pro wrestling. You don't have that kind of time. And, and it just gets confusing. Even, they didn't even take the time to explain it, which is what made me the most upset about it because I just was completely blind. And if someone's coming in, like at least some brief semblance of a video package would have made it a lot better. And yeah, I, I can't even really comment on the wrestling because it was just a little there. back and forth. And then all of a sudden someone would either be pinned or submitted. And then like yeah. pages team got completely sweeped. And I was like, well, I, I guess that's that. Although Naomi, and, Naomi did get the pin on page. Yes, <laughs> yes, she did. Which is a big deal. Cause page was red hot at the time. Cause it's weird to be like, she's, she's been out of it long enough now where you're going to have people who forget how big she was. She was a huge deal, dude, especially because that was the year she literally debuted and then won the title within like five minutes. Like, <laughs> yeah, which they don't do that. <laughs> no company does that, but they did it for page because they knew page was special and exactly. Uh, well, she deserves it. But dude, like this, just this whole time, man, I yeah. wanted to be invested because I love women's wrestling and NXT mm-hmm. has one of the best women's divisions in the world right now. Sorry, AW, but you're you're not close right now. And it's because you're young <laughs> and that's OK. <laughs> I'm willing to give leeway because you're still finding your footing and it will be great. They have had some good matches over there, but WWE no, yeah, for sure. has consistent like people rag on WWE for the past matches that they've had for women. But they've had amazing women's matches over the last five years. And, and that's to your point. Like, I wonder, like, when are you going to let them off the hook? How many years in a row do they have to string together? They're good stuff. I've let them off like, the hook. Maybe they've learned their lesson. <laughs> I, I've let them off the hook completely. To me, they're great. I Yeah, I, thank you. That, I feel the same way. I honestly feel like the women's matches are some of the best things that they have going. And that says a lot because they have a lot of good things going. But there's well, also there's a reason some why things. Asuka's my, <laughs> there's a reason why Asuka my favorite wrestler. When they, She's great. <laughs> recently on the last uh, in Hell in a Cell when they had her testify. And that little court oh thing, gosh. and she was just screaming. That was funny. That was genuinely yeah, she's funny. Just, <laughs> she's just screaming Japanese, and they're just like, "What?" They let and her. Do that. like, I loved it. Jamie was like, "Did you catch that?" And Teddy Long's like, "Every word, <laughs> every, every word, playa." <laughs> I was like, but, "Teddy never changed." Back to 2014, though. I, oh, but anyway, this was before just, Oscar. Yes, but we were. I mean, to your point of when it was over and like Paige got wept, you're just sitting there going, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? I don't know because I don't it, know what the story is and it might be exactly. because I'm going in blind, but every other pay-per-view seems to have at least some semblance of a story for a match that like is going or, on. Like, or even if they don't have a video package, it's like the, either the wrestlers or the announcers will do something to let you know, like here's the story at mm-hmm. least, or at least enough of a story. Mm-hmm. Kind of like we covered SummerSlam 2002 when there wasn't a, a video package of like why Eddie and Kurt Angle were fighting each other. Mm-hmm. But the announcers were like, oh, Kurt wants to make Eddie tap. And yeah. like, that's okay, it. There you go. That's all, that's we, all we need. need. <laughs> but we didn't get that much. No, they're just like, these women are wrestling tonight. Uh, <laughs> and that's no one's fault. It's just, it, it is what it is sometimes. And unfortunately, yeah. this match was that match. And I mean, yeah. looking at where the women's division 
was almost a year later, if not like a year and a half at WrestleMania 32. Oh my gosh, it's, it's crazy. insane. They put in so much time and they deserve to be commended for that because like you see this and you're like, they were still finding their footing a little bit and they had Paige and oh, AJ I- Lee, which we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll get to AJ Lee. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I did also realize like one, this goes back to my point when we, one of our earlier wrestling episodes of why Natalia needs all the praise in the world because she has been there when the women's division was not very good to being one of the anchors that helped get it to where it is now. Yeah. And she's consistently been one of the strongest people on the roster who doesn't get the credit she always deserves. Amen to that. But it also, when he, when she came out with her husband, Tyson kid, I just immediately went, I missed you. Gosh, dude. <sighs> he, oh, I feel so, so horrible for him. Yeah. I mean, I've heard he's doing really well now. Just, yeah, and, and he, he, and he, he probably he, could come back, but do you want to? It's one of those. Do you want to risk that? I don't. I care about his life too much. <laughs> exactly. It's like, dude, you had a great career. You're well beloved, and I guarantee you're being taken care of. So yeah. you're good. Yeah. And also, you're you're married to a heart, so you got a bunch of crazy people that will defend you, life and limb. Exactly. So. <laughs> yeah, you're married to Natalia. You're. Like, she every, scares me, so you're good. She's great. And unfortunately, this match just didn't show how good everyone was, including Emma, because Emma's when she was a villain through like 2015, 2016, this is one of my favorite Emma runs. I oh, for sure. Uh, well, she's to Dashwood now for anyone who's curious. But mm-hmm. oh, that that was a bummer because Emma was one of my favorites. And I just wish that they had been able to use her more. But right. You know, now that we've talked about that, probably the best just regular match on the card, Bray Wyatt and Dean Ambrose. Yep. How can you go wrong? How can you go wrong? (laughs) Two phenomenal wrestlers that both know how to tell a story. Chemistry. Oh my gosh, it was there. Yeah, I was. Did they refer to, uh, (laughs) did Dean Ambrose, was his uh, lariat still the wacky line at this point? I don't believe. I don't believe so. I think they took that out. Okay, because I didn't hear it, but I remember that they said it one time, and I was like, there's no way I just heard that. I think think it's one of the things they threw it out there, and someone's like, that's stupid. Don't ever say it again. Okay. (laughs) The the wacky line. But, um... No. (laughs) This is one of those that, like, now that we can go back and... Because, real quick, were you watching it this time, Austin? I was not. I started in the summer after WrestleMania 31. Okay, fair. So, um, with this, the reason I ask is because people kind of looked down on this match initially when it came out because people were upset because what happened is Bray interrupted the big Hell in a Cell match between Dean and Seth Rollins, which if you want to talk about a blood feud, that was Dean and Dean and Seth. That was a blood feud because it was immediately after... Seth broke up the shield with the chair shot hurt around the world. And yeah. And Roman was uh, injured at the time with a hernia. Poor guy. Yeah. Cause he was supposed to be a part of that feud as well for obvious reasons, but then he got hurt. But, um, and so when Seth and Dean were just, Oh my gosh, just wailing on each other as a blood feud should be great interferes and gets Seth the win. And so people look down on this match because they're like, you took us, you took us away from like what would have been the best feud of the year. But now that we can look back at it in hindsight, we can just appreciate it for the good match it is. Yeah, I, I think the the Wyatt and Ambrose feud 
the only things that it really suffered from was like just weird endings because they were trying too hard to be like weird and wacky. And yeah, I, I think like Ambrose gets defeated by like a TV at TLC. Yep. That's, yep. <laughs> like, yep. Well, first of all, you stop it right now. <laughs> I know. I remember seeing that live and I was like, what? <laughs> oh, I was mad. Like I went back and watched it and I was like, that made me mad. And that's like three years old. <laughs> like, I know. I just, because it's a situation, I understand like they wanted to make Bray different than Undertaker. Mm-hmm. But it's also like, dude, you're, this isn't a movie where you get tons of CGI and big budget stuff. Like you still got to stay somewhat within the realm of reality. Mm-hmm. I, and ugh, I know it. So it just looks hokey when you do stuff like that. But this match though, once again, you want to talk about wailing on each other. These guys went at it. They did. And it was, it was awesome. <laughs> it was, oh. And I, and I love the little touch of like Bray gets the upper hand, just starts beating down the, Mm-hmm. And he goes and grabs the mic going, it doesn't have to be like this, man. It doesn't have to be like this, man. It don't have to be like this. We can take over the world, which I hate when they do that. I hate when wrestlers <laughs> say that they're going to take over the world because it doesn't make any sense. You I know. are in a wrestling company. You are an independent contractor in a wrestling company. You don't have any weapons. You're not going to take over the world. You are a wrestler. So stop <laughs> it. I'm sorry. <laughs> it just it gets me. They did it during the swamp fight with Bray Wyatt, too. And I was like, you need to knock it off. They're like, there's a government's crumble and our world gets taken over. We'll saturate it in its fire and rub oil on each other because we're big, sweaty men. And I, <laughs> well, I think then I was just a callback of him just talking like he talked. I am aware of that. And it made me angry because I'm tired of it. Well, he's also a cult leader. What's he supposed to say? I'm going to make you the know. manager. Well, something besides we're going to take over the world, Dean. Like, (laughs) but uh, they're not going to do anything. They're just they're a cult. They're just going to eventually like be so brainwashed that like it's just going to get weird. And then the government's going to get involved. Like, I don't actually I just realized with his dad, since Bray's dad in real life was played IRS. Mm hmm. There's a potential for a storyline there now that you've mentioned that. Right. See, why didn't they run with <laughs> Suddenly his dad shows up in full IRS outfit. You can tell when there's things that like this was Bray Wyatt's idea. Or like this was oh. uh gosh, I'm messing up his name. But this is Bray Wyatt's idea. Yeah. And I don't think that like this kind of dialogue was his idea personally because the things that he gets credited for are so vastly different than like we're gonna take over the world man yeah i don't know i i've heard conflicting things of like that he gets full he has full reign on promos versus it's like it's a give and take Mm -hmm. i've heard conflicting reports on that so i don't know for sure i mean that's just the creative process in general not everyone's gonna nail a perfect home run out of the park every single time Oh and yeah. Everyone true. starts somewhere. It's the editing process is a big one. And in wrestling, you don't really have that. So exactly. <laughs> the more but, you the more you adapt to it, that's that's where your creative genius comes in. Either way, but this was a good match. Was, yeah, because it, it was two guys trying to out crazy each other. Because mm-hmm. they're both insane in their own way. And also the fact that like Dean's whole gimmick, which I'm not gonna say gimmicks, I, he's doing the same thing now as John Moxley up. Much better he's, as John Moxley, though. 
Well, no, I agree, but not just that he's crazy. Just he's just a guy who likes to fight, and if you want to beat him, you're going to have to kill him. Exactly. Which I mean, he's still AEW World Champion, so <laughs> yeah, no one's managed to kill him yet. I and I've even seen his promos where he's like, "You might beat me." But I don't go down swinging. <laughs> I don't know if you'll win. I honestly have no idea what's going to happen. I'm John Moxley. <laughs> yeah, but, but also to your point, like yeah, he's doing it better because he has admitted. When he came into WWE, he was a literal child that had yeah. no idea what he was doing. Well, yeah, he was in his 20s, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so this is a young Dean that's or a young John that's figuring himself out. And you can't say it for both of them because Bray's the same way. He was also very young at this point. Right. And this is, I mean, let's let's talk about this. Dean Ambrose, women love him. And I yes. don't know why they didn't play into that more. I don't like th- I, that would make sense, right? Like you don't have to make it like gross, but I, like that's one of the things of I don't because as I've heard sometimes wrestlers sometimes have issue with that, especially mm-hmm. I don't know at this time if Dean was already dating slash married to Renee. Because uh, sometimes wrestlers get weird about that if they're already dating or married to somebody because they're like, mm-hmm. But that's like cheating. And they're like, dude, this is make believe. You're not cheating. Yeah. Well, so I let's don't know. Talk about weird things like with the Mysterio storyline that's going on right now. I had, hey. I, I, I don't <laughs> like it. I don't like it, but everyone agreed to it. But, so, <laughs> yeah, Ugh. they signed up on it. So, yeah, y'all will have to look that one up because I don't know what to say either way. But, anywho, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, but to your point, I was just like, um, I said, you just had two young guys and, that like I said, there's good chemistry because obviously, if you want to watch a phenomenal feud, watch the Wyatt family versus the Shield. Oh, it's so good. Oh, I'm, I mean, very. It's not very often where a feud is so good. You already have people chanting, "This is awesome!" Just based on them staring at each other as it, as the Wyatt family is coming down to the entrance, coming down the entrance ramp, and people yeah. are already chanting, "This is awesome." That and uh, well, the Shield. Pretty much everything the Shield touched was amazing, including, and I mean this. Their feud with Revolution. I love that feud. Oh, the Evolution. It's fantastic. Evolution, not Revolution. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) I know. I just, I'm imagining someone out there is listening and they're just like this white boy. Like, (laughs) 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 I I don't know. (laughs) I just, speaking of which, I just got sent a meme. This is perfect for Scott Pilgrim. And it says, Doctor, are you sexually active? Patient, I'm a bassist. Doctor, a simple no would have sufficed. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I just had to say that. Anyway, but, <laughs> moving uh, on. Like I said, with this match, when it ended, it it was good because it, it was a setup match for their TLC, which we've already alluded to. And the match itself was good. The ending was bad. Mm-hmm. But um, it also kind of highlighted the problem that it wasn't a problem yet, mm-hmm. but it would become a problem of how Bray would put people in these moral quandaries, which is exactly what a cult leader is supposed to do. And because he was trying to, and JBL pointed out, like he did this, he was trying to give Mox, well, Moxley, the same uh, moral quandary he gave to Cena at, at WrestleMania where he got on his knees when he had the chair going, hit me. He's like, just, you know, I, I think Bray was yelling things and I'm like, hit me like I'm your dad. And I was like, oh, calm down, Bray. Yeah, I, I know. it made me uncomfortable how they used like Dean Ambrose's like real issues with his dad. I was like, oh, like, well, I mean, mm. sometimes I, I mean, kind of like as Matt Hardy has proved, sometimes they're OK with that. 
Yeah, well, I'm sure uh, he had uh, to say like yes to it. Like, there's no way that he would go out there and be like, no, like, because yeah. if, if he said, said no, no, we would have, have seen it. <laughs> absolutely. But the issue I'm referring to here is like Bray's supposed to change people, mm-hmm. and it and it happens now as the fiend. He legitimately changes people. It's exactly what he should have been doing this whole time, or like he's supposed to, like he does now as the fiend, and it's fantastic. But at this time, like he would present challenges, but then, and it's not bad for the hero to win and like overcome the challenge, but it also made Bray look like, well, he ultimately doesn't amount to anything. And it wasn't a problem yet, but it would eventually become a problem, but it was pretty cool to see Dean just completely give in and just bury Bray in like, uh, uh, tables and chairs and, he climbs the ladder, completely signposting the next match they're going to have against each other. I wish he'd done so, it sooner. That's all. <laughs> yeah. I wish he'd just been given the chair and didn't even hesitate. That would have been hilarious. I, <laughs> I, like, that actually would fit his character. It's like, you don't give an insane man weapons. <laughs> you don't do that. Yeah. It's like, you wouldn't give John Moxley a chair now. Not willingly. No, exactly. And I... I don't know. This was a good match that this kind of brought me back in a little bit. And I was like, okay, I'm back a little bit. Like I I can, there's a clear story here and I appreciate the story they're telling. And it it was definitely some of the best parts of like Bray Wyatt and they kept the the feud going pretty well. So all in all good things about that. I'm going to get this next match out of the way because it's a, it's a, it's a, what's the phrase I've heard. It's a let me up match after watching Dean try to murder somebody. I can't even call it like a, First of all, I, I don't know if I really like the phrase bathroom break because that's just kind of rude to the wrestlers. It's <laughs> like that's why I like let me up match better because it's yeah. supposed to be like this is more lighthearted because you just watch something kind of heavy. Yeah, this is we went from like a guy feuding and using like anger towards his real life dad and his real life issues to like, hey, this guy dressed as a bunny is out showing me. And, <laughs> yeah. and they beat Slater Gator, whose theme song was actually kind of kind of good uh (laughs) i hadn't heard it and i was like hold on i was like bopping my head a little bit i was like okay okay like (laughs) i completely forgot heath slater and titus o'neill were a tag team the the, you know heath slater's been quite a few tag teams over the years oh yeah oh yeah (sighs) and they've worked to various extents but none of them i can honestly say none of them ever failed none of them have failed and that's because heath slater I can't wait until he puts on a ton of muscle and comes back to WWE. <laughs> like, yeah, pulls a pulls a Drew McIntyre and a Jinder Mahal. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> well, we can tell which one of those two the company has more faith in, but that's another conversation. Right, exactly. But <laughs> not you know knocking down on anybody, but that's just what it is. But so this match, like the guy dressed as a bunny, who I'm pretty sure was Justin Gabriel. Uh, I, think so yeah and for anyone who doesn't know justin gabriel is really good (laughs) he is far beyond he was one of the original members of the nexus and he is awesome he's really really good at like soaring and high flying and just generally being great and this is it was just weird watching like the guy in the bunny suit like you could tell he was kind of uncomfortable like he was really stiff and I think at one point he did like the fists up and he's like the, the put him up, put him up. Yeah. And he's, I was he's playing a comedy character and that's, 
that uh, has its own difficulty by itself. Right. Especially like, if you're playing a comedy character in costume. Our truth is also exceptional at it. Like our <laughs> truth is the be best. As good as that. And oh, he's the best. It's really <laughs> hard to pull it off, but our truth is someone who is excellent at it, and he's only gotten better with time. Even if it doesn't always land, he's comfortable in that position. And Justin he's okay Gabriel, with failing. He, yeah, he's okay with like, oh, that didn't work. I'll just do something else. Whereas Justin Gabriel is a much better and considerably gifted technical wrestler. And they're like, you're gonna wear this bunny suit. And you're going to fight with Adam Rose, who I appreciate that they were at least putting a lot of character work into Adam Rose. Right. There is that. <laughs> of course. No, like I said, it's just. I know you might be wondering, like, we're kind of talking around the match because, I mean, it just there's nothing. Two and nothing a half minutes. Yeah, <laughs> it was two and a half minutes of just a simple little story because the match didn't even technically like, quote unquote, exist mm-hmm. until earlier in the night. Yeah. So they were very. Um, I'm not going to use the word like, very. They were basically selling toys, but under the guise of Adam Rose and the bunny having like, you know, a, a measuring contest. Yeah. Like a, yeah, you know, like a, oh, well, I'm tougher than you are, even though the bunny's not trying to. He's just being goaded into it and he continually exactly <laughs> he's just, like the bunny doesn't want any part of it. I can't believe I'm saying these things out loud. I sound insane. I <laughs> I mean, well, the bunny didn't want the fight, but the bunny after <laughs> 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 vegan police going through a wall, <laughs> the same realm, same wrestling is strange, but oh, like they were selling toys and then Slater Gator was like, huh, you guys are stupid. And then they're like, let's have a match. And then the bunny absolutely whooped on Slater Gator and Adam Rose didn't even have to do anything. And I mean, he's just sitting there going, Oh, <laughs> he's like, wow, I should use this more <laughs> to my advantage. Hey, why don't we yeah. wrestle the tag team champs? I don't know. I, this is just a thought. This match is right. like two minutes and I, it's more just like, Hey, we're going to lighten you guys up a little bit. Also like, this is an ongoing story, which they were continually working the story in. And I appreciate that even if it's not, you know, a main event story that they're still putting effort into like building something around it. Like this credit sure. where credit's due. Other than that, nothing moving on. Yeah. <laughs> which I mean, yeah. not a knock, not a knock on them. They only had two minutes. Everyone has a role. It's one of those things of not everyone can be like the main, not everyone can be the headliner and not everyone can be like the, opening match that gets you know 30 minutes exactly. sometimes you got to go do the two minute match just to kind of help get people to be the palate cleanser exactly and that yeah. is what it is i think this next match what do you think about this next match nikki bella I, versus aj lee one i miss aj lee i was like as soon as i saw her, i was like i miss you i'm i'm glad but, that um, that's what our feeling about this match was because AJ Lee is underrated. I really, really like her. And I knew that she was awesome from the moment that Biggie accidentally hit her in the chest when he was making his entrance and she hardly flinched. I was like, this woman <laughs> does not day, play they, games. <laughs> to this day, they get Biggie crap for that. Which is so funny. Well, the funny thing, like you immediately saw in his face, like he was mortified. He thought he'd killed her. <laughs> She's like, Four foot five, and Biggie is three hundred pounds of meat. Yeah, Biggie is my height, but like, has like a hundred pounds on me. He is a big dude, and just like watching her come out, I was all excited because I was like, "Man, dude!" Like, she was really like such a strong addition to like the women's division, 
and her character, she took whatever was given to her and she ran with it and made it great. And sure. then we had a 33 second match. Yeah. Which I don't know. I mean, look that especially cause the way it ended, I, when I do think the announcers, I do, I will say, I think the announcer for referencing what the ending was a reference to, cause I had completely forgotten mm-hmm. uh, that it was actually a callback to what AJ did to Daniel Bryan. Yeah. And I was like, okay, from a booking standpoint, that does make sense then. Cause it's the wife getting revenge. Yeah. So no, I get that, <laughs> but I just wish it wasn't. I know. No, I know. I know. I know. I just wish it. I just wish it was 30 seconds. Yeah. Like, it, it, if it's 30 seconds, it shouldn't be for the championship. It should be like a, she's fighting for the, for a, for a title match. Yeah. And it could be 33 seconds. And then you have the title match later on. Right. Like they put this on a pay-per-view and I think it was because they're like, we got to get to the main event. And honestly, like they probably just had this as the story point for them. Yeah. And for sure. And yeah, this was, I don't think this was the end of it. No, no, no. They wrestled at WrestleMania with Paige too. That's right. So that's what makes this okay. Looking back Mm -hmm. in hindsight of knowing this was not the blow off. This was not the ending. This was the start Uh, of, uh, of Nikki Bella's like historic title reign, if I'm not mistaken. Right. I believe so. I'm like, I'm it, a lot of it blurred in my head, but I believe so. Okay. Um, yeah, but, uh, and if I'm wrong, feel free to correct me. I, I don't think I you're wrong. It. I don't think, you're um, wrong. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like I said, I just, I'm with, this is not, it would have been better to just not have the match at all. Yeah. Cause it's, no, there's nothing wrong with not, not every, I mean, I know it's kind of an old school mentality of, you need to have your major titles on the pay-per-view, which it's a very solid logic. Yeah. I'm not going to fight that. <laughs> at, at, the, at the same time, uh, if you have a special pay-per-view like a survivor series or Royal rumble, where the gimmick is not the titles, the gimmick is a certain type of match. There's nothing wrong with not having the champions on it. Yeah. I mean, and they haven't had the WWE championship main event up until like Hell in a Cell just this year alone. Like exactly. Well, up until like WrestleMania, too. But like that, that's just crazy. I don't. And it can't. Well, the other thing, too, is this goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Take away that 20 minute promo and this match could have been longer. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I yeah, which it should have been like even just with that in the beginning and then it leads into some kind of match like even if Nikki Bella beats her. I just I wish that there had been a little bit more because the women were way more talented than that and I'm just disappointed, but I do. I understand where the story is. That makes sense. Yeah. And and sometimes a squash or an unexpected. There is a place for that. I just Mm -hmm. don't think it should have been a pay-per-view because some people not every match has to be a 25 minute, you know, double dq like there is a place i mean as my favorite wrestler goldberg has proven there are yeah. places for short matches it can be done yep and i was gonna say goldberg and lesnar at survivor series two years later oh yeah or heck even their match at well the good wrestlemania match was like eight minutes and it was great it was so, five actually but it was the perfect amount because they just got everything in that they needed to and it was a hard-hitting great match i can go back and watch it because i know what it's gonna be it's good like yeah that that's all i'm asking for (laughs) and i agree with that but the good news is this wasn't the end of it so we can we can be ups we can be disappointed that this particular match didn't go longer but we have the 
benefit of hindsight of knowing it kept going. It was more and, of a plot point than it was like an actual match. And that's fine. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know a lot of people like to despise Nikki Bella. I don't. And I understand it to an extent. I don't, I don't agree with it, but I understand it. Um, I think she, I'm hoping time is kind to her where people understand that she put in way more work than they give her credit for. Especially her last year too. Like her last run that she had was actually really good. It, you I know, agree. it wasn't, and she was a good heel. Yeah. It wasn't Oscar. Well, she came back as a face too for that last initially, run, which is impressive. Yeah. Well, no, as a heel initially. And then the crowd oh, was so right. hyped for her that they turned her against Carmela. And oh, that's right. She had a great last run there. I, I was actually kind of surprised. <laughs> well, yeah, I think people forget. Cause it's like, and I, it's like, yes, let's just get the elephant out of the room. She, she and her sister just were models that got brought in and Nikki did get like work done to be more appealing, but like a Trish Stratus, she worked on it and got better. Now yeah. did she reach Trish levels? No, but she was still good for what she was. I would rather someone work hard to get better every day than have someone who's amazing, but lazy. Absolutely. No, I'll take every I day have of the week. nothing but respect for that. And I know that like at the pro levels, like there's a lot of women, especially now who would probably fight for that spot more or who I feel would be better deserving of that spot. But I'm, I'm hoping that time is also kind to her because like retrospectively, I was like, you know what? They did a lot better than most people would in that situation. I as we're, go ahead. I was gonna say, as we're pointing out, this is right before they start like, you have the big explosion in terms of like having a bunch of quality female wrestlers. So mm-hmm. yeah, like I, said, I just want to get that out there. Cause I just, I feel like I'm, I'm glad you agree of like, I didn't hate Nikki Bella. Cause I understood what she was doing. Yeah. She's like, it's like, you're hating her. It's like, well, she's a heel. You're supposed to. Exactly. I'll <laughs> leave it at that. <laughs> I, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk a lot more about Nikki Bella in the future. For sure, because she had a long run, multiple runs, so there's a lot. She'll mm-hmm. pop up in other stuff we review. She recovered so. from her neck injuries and everything, too, especially with her, because her finisher at the time was really hurting her neck. So, right, you know, it, it was but, good to see her come back and, you know, have a last really good run, and that whole thing with seeing at WrestleMania was good. And, you know, obviously yeah. things have changed, but it Still, is what it for is. What it was, <laughs> for what it was. I mean, it, it was good. as far as I know, there's no like they're not trying to kill each other. So that's good. No, you know, <laughs> um, it's it is. I'm not going to try and get into the personal politics of John Cena and Nikki Bell's relationship. That's <laughs> just me. Heck no, because <laughs> you know why? I don't know anything. That's probably why. But <laughs> yeah, because I'm not one of those weird people that like will make conspiracy th- look like Charlie from Always Sunny with the big conspiracy board. I'm oh, not like that. You don't want to be like what? Charlie from Always Sunny. <laughs> nope. Oh. All but right. Anyway. So main let's event get time. To why we're here. Yeah. We have. You've waited team. so long. <laughs> uh, it actually is hilarious when you see, because I forgot who was on the two teams. Uh, I just remembered, like, the, I remembered a few of the wrestlers, mm-hmm. but I forgot that, like, okay, so to set up, as we said, the authority versus Cena, you know, if Team Cena wins, the authority goes away. If Team Cena loses, they're all, except for Cena gets fired and he'll basically just be humiliated. So Cena's team is himself, Dolph Ziggler, which I completely forgot how over he was in 2014. They loved him, and I I get it. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, Eric Rowan, because this is right after the, fam- the Wyatt family split up. So Eric and Luke were on separate teams, which I do feel bad for Eric because every time he got momentum, he got injured. Yeah, he had bad luck, man. And he, you know, if they had changed the way that they presented his character or really just, you know, pulled the trigger on doing something with him, I think he could have done really well because he's not the most flashy technical wrestler. He's a big man. But him yeah. and Harper, man, like I just, oh, you know, like when like they did Harper the especially. Brother. Yeah, when they did the Bludgeon Brothers, it was great, but then Rowan got hurt. Yep. Yeah, and which it, to be fair, his injury was really bad. <laughs> no, of course. I'm not, we're not saying he's injury prone. He just has bad luck. Yeah. So you have Eric and, of course, Big Show and then the Goldberg wannabe of Ryback. I'm not bitter. You're bitter. Um, I'm not bitter. I just shut up. <laughs> Ryback. We we should honestly do an episode on Ryback because everything that's happened since he left WWE has been deeply strange, and he's his just very his trajectory man. is very weird. And we're not going to talk about the CM Punk thing. We'll we'll gloss over it. But Ryback. Good. This was kind of when they were starting to push Ryback as the good guy, and like. Which is hard to do because he's this big muscled out dude who just destroys people for funsies. And that sounds like a villain thing. I don't know if that's yeah. just me. But <laughs> well, that's why I make the joke of him being Goldberg light, because he acted his entrance was almost the same. Just take away if it if Goldberg's entrance just didn't have sparks. You have Ryback's entrance. Yeah, and he had a metal riff, which actually I kind of liked his theme song. I kind of forgot how hard it went. Well, that, I'm, <laughs> I'm not saying that was bad, but but uh, yeah, he's on there. And on Team Authority, you have Seth. You have Corporate Kane, which I'll uh-huh. never forget when a friend of mine who grew up watching like during the Attitude Era, and he saw this, and he was just like, wait, what? And he's like staring. And I was like, oh, he's in the corporate. He's like, he's gone corporate. My friend goes, so he's a corporate monster. Yep. He's like, a corporate monster, which hey, it extended his career. So. You know what? He puts he he does good. I'm never gonna say bad things about Kane. <laughs> yep, the good just, old mayor of Knox County himself. Yep. That's, so, uh, which you know what? If he can pretend to be a demon from hell, and all of this like weird, disturbing, like hellish monster, and then go on to be mayor, anything is possible. I don't want to hear any excuses. Truth to that? No, that, that is true. So. People believed in this man. (laughs) Yeah. Because he's smart. He's a smart dude. For sure. So you had those two. You had Luke Harper. And of course, they did that purposely so you could have the big confrontation between the Mm -hmm. two big men. And of course, you had Mark Henry and Rusev. And of course, you know, Jamie Noble and Joey Mercury are there and all that. And this match is just, it is a roller coaster. It's at first glance, if you just look at everyone that's in the match, you're like, this is kind of weird. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's the if you look at everyone that's on the teams, you're like, this is a really strange lineup because it's a mix of like some old guys and then people that aren't quite at the level that they're destined to be yet. And like some yeah. people that they took chances on, too. So it's a really strange lineup that actually works really well. And I was I'm still to this day surprised about it because if you just tell someone who's in this match, they're going to look at you like, are you, are you being serious? Yeah. Like, wait, why? Like there's a couple of people like, Oh, that makes sense. The where they are now. There's a couple of others. who would be like, wait, really? Yeah. <laughs> it's a strange one, but uh, triple H but, is stress. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> is the best part of this entire match. And that says a lot because there's so many good things happening. But Triple just... H's stressed out, like anxiety inducing performance. <laughs> yeah. Is gold. Just... And Stephanie being just the, gosh, you just want to like, like someone punch her because she's just talking so much smack and just, you can definitely she's Vince's daughter. Hate on her all you want, but she is really good at what she does. She's she's kind of a genius in some aspects. <laughs> she yeah, plays she to her strengths. Facial, she, and she knows how to do facial features where you're just like, oh, you are angry right now. But, yeah, um, and her voice doesn't normally sound like that all the time. And I think she does that on purpose because she it's, knows it's that like, bugs people. <laughs> well, yeah, it's kind of like a, I mean, to use her dad as the example, there's kind of like the Mr. McMahon voice versus his normal voice. Yeah. And, uh, well this match. Okay. It just starts off wild. Cause <laughs> at first you have big show and Mark Henry, which are like, okay, cool. They, they have fought before and it's too, you know, just that's a lot of humanity in the ring. But, um, Triple H is hyping him up. <laughs> and Mark is just getting into him. I'm like, oh, I don't want to see a hyped up Mark Henry. That's scary. And he just runs at Big Show. It just gets popped right in the face. Oh, I still get hyped for that every time. I've seen this match more than once, like several times. I still go crazy for that. Because <laughs> it's done time. so well. <laughs> so like he sells it perfectly and just slumps over and poor, poor Mark Henry, but he does everything that's asked of him and more. I mm-hmm. <laughs> watching him just get rocked like that within the first 50 minutes or 50 seconds. And then triple H's just stress face just had me screaming, laughing. It's so yeah. perfect. <laughs> and that clearly was the point. Cause Mark Henry, of course, is their strongest. Mm-hmm. Like, person and it's like oh you just lost your powerhouse yeah i mean well you know kane's pretty strong but like they were really treating mark henry like he was the the monster to be feared which As you should be should. afraid of mark henry <laughs> the man is he is the kind i listening to him in interviews he's basically a giant teddy bear but i still respect the fact he could easily kill me and he's from Silsby, texas he's our texas he, boy we love him oh yeah of course oh but it's, uh it, it's it's a great start plus like th- this was like the twilight of his career and he's like dude i don't want to go out there and wrestle 50 minutes <laughs> like i'm gonna get tired i'm well, old like him and kane and and even big show to an extent because this is before he got like in super good shape like he is now mm-hmm. but um they're just there to kind of have that name identity yeah which and is fine they that's, do their part it's how wrestling works yeah um so yeah so mark just just like said just immediately gets rock to the point like Cena's face as he was just laughing was hilarious. <laughs> it was genuinely funny. <laughs> oh, because oh, it is. He was That's so hype. <laughs> oh my gosh. She's like, oh, we're about to see, like, you know, a, basically like a monster fight. And they're like, nope. Not so. this time. And then Ryback, like, because we have, like, you know, like they're all trying to figure out what to do. They're like, okay, uh, Luke, you, you go around and, and, give him a good spook and then I'll go in. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah Seth is like, cause at this time Seth was, I forgot he had the little blonde dye thing to just mm-hmm. look extra like a tool and it worked perfectly. Um, and he's sitting there like, what do we do to where I don't get hurt? 
(laughs) (laughs) Perfect. I have the answer. (laughs) I I like that they basically just had to trick everyone into going because Ryback obviously is just doing his, you know, I'm going to pick you up and I'm going to put you down and throw you around kind of thing, which it's Ryback. You know, he's not a technical wrestler, so that's not being mean. (laughs) No, no, no. he's doing what he's good at. Do it well. Exactly. And basically they had everything break down and everyone's like, I'm in a fight. No, I'm in a fight. And the funniest part of all that is like Big Show didn't have someone to fight because Mark Henry was already out. So he just kind (laughs) of like walked around and like went like, (laughs) that was my favorite. I was watching him specifically because he was just struggling to find something to do. Oh, for sure. Oh, it's I was unintentional so comedy. Hard. He because you can tell he's trying, but it's like he's so big that it's like his weight just slows him down. And he's like, ah, like just like walking around looking for someone to hit. And but everyone's moving. So even Kane is moving. <laughs> yeah. Well, and while all this chaos is happening, Ryback gets hit by the flying knee from Seth, which I forgot that's a movie he used to do a lot. Yeah. Until he wrecked Cena's nose. But, uh, huh, we could have that works. <laughs> right. You take away finishers when you start injuring people or not, but moves, mm-hmm. uh, like the buckle bomb. But that's another story. Yeah. Or uh, the, the muscle buster, which that move is horrifying to watch, which I'm glad now it's banned. But sidebar aside, um, during the chaos, Seth just honestly, in the way he did it and, to Ryback's credit, the way he sold it was great. Mm-hmm. Seth just comes by with the drive-by flying knee and then gets immediately out of the ring. Well, <laughs> he, he hit him with a curb stomp. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Like he, later he, on with another he, person. Yeah, so he, he hit, hit the flying knee at one point, but he hit him with a curb stomp here. And then Ryback got up and got kicked by Rusev. Which you don't get up when he does that. Right. It's supposed <laughs> to be his finisher. So, like, you know, if someone's watching this, like, you could theoretically be like, man, they didn't really make Ryback look all that good. And then you're like, oh, wait, no, he got up out of a I'm just going to call it a stomp. I don't like calling it a curb stomp. <laughs> no, that you, you like it makes sense why Vince for a while was kind of nervous about that finisher. Yeah, until I found a way to name it better. I've been I've been saying curb stomp so much, but I'm like, I need to stop saying that because it, it gives me like a twinge of anxiety. And right. <laughs> I um, I like that and made Rusev look really good, too, which he the Machka kick should have always been his finisher. Yeah, well, I like the accolade. I do too. It's great, but everyone kind of like can benefit from having a striking finisher. Oh, absolutely, because then it means you can pop them at any moment. Versus you have to set up a submission. The Big Show slowly punches someone. (laughs) Like, come on. To be fair, at his size, if that punch connects, I don't care how fast or slow it's moving. Yeah. That's he, why it, was, yeah. it works for his size. I if let, it was like someone, if it was Cena doing that and throwing a punch that slow, we'd all call BS. Exactly. Well, probably because he wouldn't punch someone that slow. I, right, <laughs> Cena's pretty agile <laughs> for size. For, <laughs> yeah, you saw him do a drop kick, and we we're like, hold on. Yeah, like he, when he does the the rope stunner. When he, yeah, I love that move. I it's oh, well, I know it's never going to pin someone, but I love it. And <laughs> but uh, so Ryback gets pinned, which immediately it doesn't. It's not a perfect one for one because the perfect one for one would be if they had eliminated Big Show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this is the next big. I, I know we'll get there. Uh, but this is the next best thing of, well, you got rid of our power guy. So we got rid of one of yours. Yeah. And immediately Triple H goes from being just 
super filled with anxiety to just smiling being like like just goes right back to having just that it's not over man, yet I, yeah yeah and, and, and stephanie just yeah good stuff yeah and, i can't uh, even do her voice yes no you will throw your voice out trying to do her voice i know it's but, <laughs> it's that unique but they basically like this is kind of where dolph ziggler you know took like some some beating for a while and i hope you got a nice massage and a nice bath and a good steak dinner they just poured epsom salt into his bath and they're like don't move like <laughs> <laughs> you stay right where you are hero and <laughs> they just start he just starts getting just the crap beaten out of him. His selling Over. is some of the best in the industry. Absolutely. It's always been his strongest point. Oh, it's so good. And like that says a lot about him because I still think Dolph Ziggler is one of the most underrated wrestlers that they have, which doesn't mean that he's one of the best. So don't don't come at me with that. I'm just saying <laughs> there's a reason that Ziggler has stuck around for so long. And I wish that he'd been a world champion like more times well, is what I'm saying. I, hey, say, I know, I know, yeah. I know, I know. Don't, don't jump to conclusions <laughs> here, Caleb. Don't, sorry. <laughs> don't try to fire the gun when there's no clip in it. <laughs> you forgot sorry. the one in the chamber. Oh, wait. sorry. But <laughs> uh, th- but this anyway. was good because it led to, you know, Rusev getting a little over enthusiastic. And yes. at this point, Rusev was like the just absolute power monster. He was the U S champ. He was running. He beat Sheamus for it. And Sheamus was known for being a big, burly, ah, fella, brawler guy. And mm-hmm. which we'll do an episode on Sheamus, too. But <laughs> he um, like he's beating him up and he's throwing him out outside the ring and he puts him on one of the tables and he goes to do a splash on him through the table. And the ref's like, what are you doing? Stop it. Knock it off. And everyone's like, yeah. Rusev, like, this is a bad idea because, you know, he's not a high flyer. He's Rusev. He's I know, the I Bulgarian think, brute. <laughs> I bet wasn't Lana just yelling, just kill him. Yeah, she was. <laughs> she was still at that point where she's commanding to tell him what to do, which is good for, for the gimmick that they had going. And yeah. Rusev shoots for him and misses, which everyone's like, oh, uh, what do we do here? <laughs> and yeah. Michael Cole, to, to this man's credit, like a lot of people give Michael Cole like a bad rep, which I think is kind of unfair because Agreed. he's the main voice. He has to be the company man. But when he gets the opportunity, and I remember seeing it in like the NXT like UK takeover when he was announcing for there, you can feel how much he loves wrestling. He was so yeah. passionate. And like we got a glimpse of that here when he was screaming for Dolph because it wasn't just like a come on, Dolph. It was like a come on, Dolph. Come on. Like he was so hyped for him. He was pulling for him. And oh yeah, they're about to get counted out. And Ziggler made it back. Rusev did not. And which is perfect because he has not been pinned or submitted yet. It was really, really a good way to keep him safe because <laughs> they yep. they had invested a lot in him. And that was the only way I could imagine, because like when I was watching it, I was like, there's no way that Rusev's going to get pinned. And yeah. I was or like submitted or whatever. Right. I was like, there's no way they're going to have him lose clean. And watching mm. him do that, number one, made Ziggler look really smart. And, you know, it was a good way to continue that on. But having Rusev lose that way. I was like, okay, good. We can continue on this way. This is exactly what I wanted. And yeah, Ziggler is the vet. Rusev is new. So mm-hmm. Rusev made a rookie mistake. Yep. It's perfect. Yeah. I, I love that, but this is when the match starts to take an interesting turn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, like I said, that's why I said this is a roller coaster, right? 
first of all, Eric Rowan, that port, they chanted for Eric Rowan at one point when he got tagged in, they were chanting for him. They wanted to see him succeed. You know, it wasn't Daniel Bryan levels of being over, but there's few people that have gotten Daniel Bryan levels. I am aware, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying he like, and he was looking around like surprised. He was like, really? Like, (laughs) are you sure? (laughs) Cause initially when he came out, like, you know, he didn't get a huge reaction, but like he was being talked up by the announcers. And then once he got in against Harper, like the crowd was like, come finish him. Yeah. And <laughs> well, cause it, it's also a great, it's almost like a, not a fantasy match, but when a, when a stable breaks up, you want to watch the former members go at it. Yep. Yeah. It's just, a, it's, it, I mean, once again, a parallel to Halloween havoc, it's like watching Scott Hall and Kevin Nash fight each other. It immediately writes itself. Yeah. This is kind of in the same vein. Exactly. And I can appreciate that. I, I wish oh. that Eric Rowan had been able to beat Luke Harper, but that's not the point of this match. And Absolutely. we'll get to but that. Can, can we talk <laughs> about the fact that I think Luke Harper, if you want to call him Brody Lee now, because mm-hmm. of what he's doing, AEW. Yeah, he's Brody Lee. Um, he's Brody Lee. Yeah. Uh, he has one of the most devastating big boots I think I've ever seen in my it's life. It's so horrifying to watch. I'm so glad you brought that up because I really feel like he just murders people with it him and even his lariat that's why it's his finisher but yeah like his power moves are insane because he's big but he's also really really fast and we've seen that we've seen him do tope suicidas and he's like 65 275 yeah <laughs> i mean I, it reminds uh, me of the because people sometimes think you need a move like that in order to get over it's like no you can do a clothesline or yeah. a big boot. JBL would like to enter it. the chat. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Oh, that's why it, I do think it's funny too. Cause when Harper would hit the big clothesline, you would hear JBL get really excited. He loved it. <laughs> like, you know what? I dig that. I don't yeah. know if that was his decision or Vince in his ear going, Hey, talk about that. Still a good call. You can tell like, cause JB is, JBL's voice gets a little bit higher. So I think that was genuine enthusiasm. <laughs> I mean, hey, man, as we both just said, a good, a really good done clothesline is it looks like you just watched a murder ball game. <laughs> yeah, I, oh. but uh, this is but yeah. to your point. This was the big uh, uh, the big betrayal in the match, which you guys are never going to believe who turned on their team. <laughs> <laughs> so John Cena's wrestled maybe five minutes. This total thing We're we're about 23 minutes in. 24 which is hilarious in. yeah he, he's hardly done anything and you're like well why has he not and then he gets in and him and big show are standing by each other oops i gave away the spoiler but <laughs> well they're, they're, they're also waiting for, oh no ziggler was just basically asleep yeah well ziggler had been way. destroyed he <laughs> yeah he was recovering from just getting pushed around for a solid 15 20 minutes and <laughs> he yeah. So I think it's like Kane and Seth Rollins. Well, like the entire villain team is like, come on, come at me. And John Cena's like, I'll fight anybody. And then Big Show punches him once in the face. Yep. And you're like, wait. Oh, Hold wait, on. it's Big Show. Yeah. <laughs> he turns on him. And I, I had to go back and watch some of the like build up to it and like what they did with him. And I was like, OK, it makes more sense when I know what was happening. So, yeah. Because if you just go in blind, you're like, oh, God, here we go again. But <laughs> having... And it is a... 
also it is a meme that Big Joe has turned too many times. In all honesty, he probably has. He absolutely but... has. He's turned over twenty five times. Sometimes, some sometimes within he, the course of a month, like <laughs> some say, he's still turning to this day. <laughs> he is still turning to this day. <laughs> but um, he went from fighting Drew McIntyre to all of a sudden having the Big Show show on Netflix. The man can change on a dime. He needs to figure out what he wants. Okay, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, if you just go in blind, it just it fuels that. No, it's totally valid. Um, it fuels that meme. But to your credit, they did put in story reasons of like why he would do this. Because Big Show betrays Cena, shakes hands with Triple H. Because like they were, and the announcers to their credit were also telling some of it, being like, yeah, the authority took away his, you know, his earnings, his house. Mm-hmm. He has to be able to provide for his family, which is as try as much of a trope as it may be. There's a reason why it's a trope because it works. Because yeah. we can all relate to that. Yeah, no, I it's like I agree. I, like, I think that it was yeah. a necessary turn, but they they just had to use Big Show. They, <laughs> I know <laughs> they I really know. had to. They couldn't help themselves. <laughs> I know that's what makes it funny, especially when you just know the whole grand scheme. Oh, Big Show! Just like I was like, I'm surprised. Like, give him the turnaround lariat. He turns so much. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> he. The thing is, though, is that he's better when he's just facing one direction. I <laughs> and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Oh, he's a no, power no, I mean, player. If you try to have course. him move too much, he is going to look tired because guess what? He's seven feet tall. He's so huge. <laughs> yeah. And unlike when we covered in WCW, he's no longer in his mid 20s. Right. So he, he's uh, a big boy. <laughs> yeah. But uh, dude, OK, I got to admit, like I already know, obviously, if you look it up, you already know how this ends. Mm-hmm. But because after picture, he just walks off, gets counted out. So now Ziggler is left, which I love the visual. Like all the bad guys are like, and Ziggler's just still laying there dead. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, it's up to Ziggler. And I was like, oh, this match is over. <laughs> like, right over to him. And he looked like Yamcha just being like, uh. well, dude, he was all messed up. And I was like, there's no way. Like, I love Ziggler, but there's no. And you have Kane and Luke Harper who are just like, <sighs> like ready, ready to throw run, down. Okay. I just the Kane too was just like slapping him around and he's on the ground going, Oh, you're yeah. gonna fight us? Really? You yeah. <laughs> and it was that was the good part. This is when this match starts to just get extra juicy because yeah. you could tell that they were getting cocky. They're like, Oh, let's have some fun and kind of drag this out because it went from like, let's be, you know, business, let's take care of business and end it to like, well, how could we possibly lose? And that's because Dolph Ziggler has this thing called intermittent bursts of super energy. And he basically would like, they were just throwing him around like for four minutes. I'm like, Oh, this is going to be ugly. And they're just beating him up. And all of a sudden Ziggler would have this strong comeback. He'd hit a reversal, do a finisher. And then he pinned Kane. And I was like, Oh, wait a minute, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, you could hear it in the crowd. The crowd just went, oh, this is still a match. Right. I was like this normally because I'd be like, this is over. It's, yeah. And they hadn't fully gone in on Ziggler like they had like in 2013. You know, obviously they had moved him and pushed him, but. They really, really went in on him here. The crowd oh, yeah. loved him and they knew it. And like he went down and then Luke Harper was like, 
oh, oh, he's like, you know, getting ready to take a smoke break. And then he's like, oh, oh my gosh. And he <laughs> runs over to try and finish him. Like he immediately hops in and starts attacking, but it doesn't to be matter. Fair, he hits him with multiple, like, like two finishers and Dolph keeps kicking out to the yeah. point that Luke is like, what do I do? Do I have to kill him? It was perfect. And they were lining him up. He was getting ready. I can't remember exactly what movie he was going to do on him, but it looked like it was going to hurt. And yeah. Dolph Ziggler hit him with a what's the name of his old finisher again? Uh, there's the zigzag. The, the zigzag. Yeah. He hit him with because he hit Kane with it. And then he hit Luke Harper with it again. And the crowd was just unglued at this point. They're just like <laughs> losing their minds because Ziggler had already kicked out of like multiple finishers, all of which made him look like an absolute beast. Yes. <laughs> I was and like, here, Wow. Yeah, and I'll say the key to all this too is because sometimes, and it is a common complaint that even like I'll have is when wrestlers will suddenly like shake off all the damage mm-hmm. and suddenly they're imper like all the stuff you did for me for the past 30 minutes means nothing now. No, when Dolph would hit stuff on people, he would immediately go right back down to laying down like he's dead. Yeah, because he would sell it as like, that was all I had right now. I got to recover a little bit and find my opening, my opportunity. And the emotion behind this match was just enough for me to be like, I'm invested. I don't care. I want to yeah. see what happens. And after Luke Harper gets eliminated, oh, the match, oh. like Seth Rollins and Dolph Ziggler going out at it. I will never complain. I <laughs> I could watch them wrestle every day. It was And it awesome. would be good. Oh, it was yeah. so, so good. And like them going back and forth, because like everyone looked really good in this match. Even Mark Henry kind of got saved a little bit because, you know, getting punched in the face immediately by the big show is enough of an excuse of why you're not there. Really? There was an entire story here that I was just buying into because it was just told so well. And Ziggler is just this is one of my favorite Dolph Ziggler matches. I'm going to say Dolph Ziggler because <laughs> this is this is his match. The, like it may have started with Cena, but it ended with Ziggler and someone yeah. else. But <laughs> well, of course, but that's kind of it's kind of like with the rumble of like, They'll pick the one person who the even if they're not the winner, it's like who the rumble like centers around. Exactly. And they do the same thing with the Survivor series. And obviously Dolph is who this centers around. Yeah, this this is his build up story. This is when they were really investing in him. And he eventually hits the zigzag on Seth Rollins. I th- does he hit it on him twice? Because I think Rollins kicked out of it once. Yeah, because Rollins was relatively of fresh. Of course. And that's what was. Man, it really helps invest you because you're just like, because you're like sitting there wanting Dolph to win, but you're just like, but Seth is still fresh. Yeah, he hadn't (laughs) been wrestling as much as Kane and Harper. So I was like, okay, I'm willing to let that one slide a little bit. And then watching them just go at it and then he hits his finisher again and you're like, oh, my gosh, it's over. Oh, my gosh. And then Triple H is. Triple H's hairline has already disappeared, so he's just (laughs) then this was before he got the full Kratos beard. So he he had already like he's like, I can't afford to lose any more of my (laughs) like oh like the stress lines on my face. So he gets in and he, you know, beats up the ref and you know throws the whole thing and then he's he's and he's sweating at this point. (laughs) Oh yeah, no, it's yeah, you could tell like even though he's still like in good shape muscle wise. You could tell the stamina is not there. Well, yeah, he's but, like forty uh, something years old at this point. No, he I'm should not be sweating. <laughs> I know. I'm not mocking the guy. It's I'm just backing funny. it up. I'm backing oh, okay. up what you're saying. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, it's like the Rock in Fast and Furious. He walks five feet and he's drenched in sweat. 
Oh, yeah. But, um, They're also filming in human areas, I think. So fair. I but, think the um, rock is a sweater. So, <laughs> yeah. but to, so like he initially pulls the ref out. And so another ref comes down. Dolph keeps kicking out to where Triple H <laughs> is like, what do I do to you? And he <laughs> hits him with the pedigree. Yep. And, and he's calling down for another ref. And it's and Scott Armstrong. One, yeah. Which is, there's a whole history there. If y'all want, just look it up. It's, you know, it, if you, if you're not aware, it's fine. But if you are aware, it adds extra layers. Yeah. And so Scott comes down and just one, two, then the crow goes off. And I immediately just like got goosebumps again. I sat up. up. I sat up. I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) I did. I don't remember this. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and the crow goes off and you start seeing like, cause it's back before it's back when they still had like a, on the screen, they would show like little highlight reels of stuff. So you start seeing things going crazy. And then it starts playing the music and out walks a man called sting. One of the best. Ever. And yeah, like I said, as a W being the WCW guy, I was, I was immediately just like, I mean, now, I mean, obviously I knew it was going to happen. So I was still hyped. But when this first happened, I was losing my mind. Yeah. I never thought sting would come to WWE, but he did. Caleb, he did. And, oh, just, he's just <sighs> walking down to the ring and just, and I don't know how everyone freezes. Cause which one that's really good. Just it's goofy in terms of theoretically, it shouldn't make sense. And I was actually going to yeah. bring that up because like, for me, I was just like, why wouldn't you just count? Like, <laughs> like yeah. that's one of those things where you, the storyline trumps the athleticism, I guess, or like the athletic rules, yeah. I guess you could say retrospectively, we can go, Hey, that was a little silly, but for the story at the time, I was so shocked that I was like, I probably would have been surprised too. I yeah. would like. <laughs> it, it reminds me of the old matches when like Bobby Heenan was one of the announcers, and you'd see the guy just laying there, and someone's running like just standing at the, the ramp, and you hear Heenan going, "Pin him, you idiot!" Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> oh, and they. I mean, in in the WWE today, they probably would be like, "Hey, don't say that." Like, <laughs> yeah, this is but, we're uh, trying to focus on the story here, you genius. And right, <laughs> but he was also the heel announcer, so it made sense for him to be like, "What are you doing?" But, yeah. Um, well, but they were shocked, and honestly, oh, this is hype. This is hype as hell. I just, <laughs> he perfectly sells it. To where Christine just casually walks down, and yeah. immediately, like, dude, the crowd was silent. Everyone had the exact same face as Triple H. Yeah, because you're like, this isn't real. He's actually here. And then when they started doing because they had a stare down for so long, like I normally I would say like, oh, that felt like too long. But, you know, these are icons and I'm I'm trying to avoid the WCW connections because we all know how they ran with that in the future for their storyline. But just seeing two icons from like the early 2000s and like most people's childhoods, like they're just staring and the crowd's just like, what do we do? Like what's going to happen? And then when he yeah. hit him and he hit him with the, like the death drop, they went bananas. Like they were literally screaming at the top of their lungs. And uh, I would have been was too. too. <laughs> yeah, I, I was too. I was because, okay. To help give, I don't know, context. I'm trying to think of the right word. Every major WCW person 
had at least come to WWE and tried to have, whether it was successful or not, like, you know, the NWO came back, Goldberg had his run, Booker T had his run, DDP had his run, even like Eddie Guerrero, Jericho, Paul White became Big Show. They had all come, either come back or gave it a shot. Sting was the only holdout. And not only was he a holdout, he had never wrestled for WWE at any point. Yeah. Like at all. So, <laughs> yeah. So this is why it was such a big deal for him to show up. I don't, I don't know what the equivalent would be today. I don't think there is. Um... So I, I'm trying to figure out how to properly get, because like, I think you said it well, of like these are icons, like little kid me was watching loving every second of it and yeah. to see him now just being like it's man. awesome it's it's a wrestling yeah. fan's dream because like I, I know i say this a lot but say what you will about triple h but look at what he's done in terms of just wrestling legacy yeah and because people knew sting was like a part of the wwe because they had made like a deal where they were selling like sting toys and accessories and he was in a couple of the video games no one ever thought it would involve wrestling yeah, it was like a gentleman's like, hey, you can license some stuff to me. And which yeah. speaking of which, there's a little rumor he might go to AEW because he's not listed on the, the WWE site anymore. Uh, Maybe we'll see. But I also know he's nearing 60, so I'd hope it'd be not for wrestling. Well, he's older than that. I think he's almost 70. He <laughs> oh, well, well, no. Well, he'd be in his mid 60s because I think he was like 55 when all this was happening. Right. He's nearing 70. <laughs> he's getting older, man. I know, I know. I'm just. I, I looked up the wrong Sting. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> I looked up Sting from. Wow. <laughs> okay, so Sting is 61. You were right. I was like, dudes. I was like, I'm pretty sure he's 69. And I was like, oh, I'm thinking of. <laughs> no. Oh no! Anyway. I was looking at the wrong birthday. Go on, just. Let's uh, just, let's finish this and put it put me out of my misery. <laughs> <laughs> but just he comes down and then like I said, I do agree it probably was a little long, but it was also perfect just because the crowd was to your point, just frozen and like, is Triple A gonna fight him? Is DX gonna come out? Is Steam gonna like summon other WCW guys? Like what's about to happen? And when he lays out Triple H and then just you know, because Seth the whole time is like dead. Yeah. No, like, there's a him and Ziggler are like in permanent like comas. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, because Seth got hit by a lot. So there's that moment where I think Ziggler before Triple H did all his shenanigans like covered him and the crowd was like literally counting to like 10. Yeah. Oh, no. He <laughs> and, was uh, down for the count. <laughs> yeah. So after he lays out Triple H, like Sting just. Gets Ziggler to cover Seth, kind of wakes up the ref, and the ref counts. And he's just walking away. He doesn't even stay to make sure the ref does it. He just immediately walks away. He handles his business and then he leaves. And that I, means like, <laughs> the authority lost. They're gone forever. They'll never come back. Well, you can't say never. In well, yeah, because it was like two months. But <laughs> yeah, but to were... be fair. How that got reversed was one of the most dastardly things I've ever seen a heel do. Yeah, no, it was great. Well, yeah, when you use Edge like that, I mean. <laughs> Especially when he says the phrase, I'm going to kill him anyway. Yeah. 
so <laughs> it is dark. They, they, they found a way to make it work. Yeah. So anyway, uh, the authority is gone. And the crowd, to your point, I didn't think they could scream louder. They yeah. had one more decibel to go. They ate and, it all up and they were hyped beyond hype to see that they were done. Like they were yeah. so sick of the authority and, you know, their entire role in there. You know, obviously they would come back. We all knew that. But there was so much like emotion in this match that it was beyond investing at that point, because you can say you're like, oh, well, you know, it wasn't as good as like a Will Osprey match or a Kenny Omega match. Yeah, you'd be right. You're totally right. But the story behind this and the emotion is what really catapulted the entire thing for me. And I would watch the entire pay-per-view over again just to see <laughs> this match in its in its finality and just kind of get that feeling of soaking it all in after watching those three hours. Oh, my gosh. Like, I almost felt as tired as Dolph just because emotionally I was, like, drained. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with that. It's funny, too, because you could tell, like, when they're getting Dolph up and as his music is playing... Dolph is like, what year is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it was like March earlier in 2020. I'm like, that was the longest year of my life. <laughs> that, <laughs> right? <that> first month. <laughs> but um, yeah, so he just, and of course he gets his moment in the sun. And I, and I hated that people were like, yeah, Cena had to steal the spotlight from him by coming out to hug him. Like he was a team captain. He did what you're supposed to do. And he helped to make, to put Dolph over even more by raising his hand. Sorry, I just want to point that out because I remember reading on some message boards. Yeah. Like, shut up, Smarks. Yeah. <laughs> Leave <laughs> them alone. <laughs> this is well done. This Let was, us have this moment. This was great. <laughs> I oh, I have nothing and but then, good things to say about it. And just when it was all done and Triple H is just on his knees in the ring as like it's processing what just happened. Yeah. And the, him and Stephanie just, and the it's not over. And like just yeah. them like and him the absorbing. Yeah, and because Stephanie got like knocked to the ground and she gets back up, she's looking around and she's realizing it's not playing their music. Yeah. And she's like, what just happened? She's like, you took care of this, right? He's like, <laughs> no. <laughs> Sting and showed the whole up crowd and is, lost. I know. And the crowd just starts chanting, a, you know, like, hey, hey, goodbye. And it was so good. Oh, the crowd was almost like a sep- like a their own character at this point mm-hmm. that help played into it because well, they yeah. were oh like and, and Stephanie just goes completely insane out of anger no. like, literally to the point yeah <laughs> full on palpatine <laughs> she even throws a temper tantrum like an actual child I know I she did her part so I you know in, in conclusion of all this I you know my feelings about the first three quarters of this pay-per-view. I right. feel like they were all they were there to give people time to work and wrestle and, you know, gain scream time and, you know, entertain the crowd and, you know, work on, you know, their technique and getting over with everyone. It was it was good. It was j- just enough. Calling it good is yeah. a little much, but <laughs> it was sufficient for what they were building to. And. Agreed. What they were building to was amazing. I go back and watch this match. Not every day, obviously, but <laughs> I do revisit this match every once in a while. And I'm really glad that you chose to talk about it because when you look at it at first glance, you go, oh, I don't know. And then afterwards, you're like, wow, like that was it is so good. 
Yeah, because as you pointed out earlier, technically, or like if you want to be a like a quote unquote purist when it comes to like wrestling, it's not the best. No, but I, <laughs> in terms of story and emotion and just the shock of Sting. I put this as one of the best Survivor Series, not the pay-per-view, but the Survivor Series match itself. Absolutely. As one of the best ever. I completely agree with that. And oh, yeah, it's, it's a lot. I don't know many that come close to it. It's story-wise, excellent. Emotion-wise, yeah. unbelievable. Wrestling-wise, did just what it needed to. Exactly. It was, it was good for what needed to be done. Exactly. I'm really glad you mentioned that we should watch this because at first it sounded like I was like, oh, here we go. But th <laughs> this was great. And, you know, in conclusion, I would recommend that you watch this match at the very least. The whole pay-per-view, if you're not a wrestling fan, might be a little trying. But if you're a wrestling fan, there's a lot to take in here from this time. It's such like a weird time capsule to enter into. And this Survivor oh, yeah. Series match is it's worth watching. I like 2016 Survivor Series too. I think that one's really good. That one had a lot of really fun moments and a lot of great wrestling. Yeah. But this is, it had Sting, man. This had Sting. And yeah, that that's just how I feel. You know, I, I enjoyed it more than I really thought I would when I first went into it. And I'm really thankful for that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And that's my final thoughts on it too. Is like, Watch the Survivor Series match, if nothing else. Yeah. You will not regret it. You won't. And you know what else you won't regret? Is making sure that you subscribe to our podcast on all available platforms. Make sure you share it with your friends. And again, we really appreciate that you guys are out there and you're listening. I really hope you're enjoying our content. It means the world to us. And whatever you can do to share it or, you know, if it's just something that you enjoy listening to, that's fantastic. I love it. And I'm here for it. And Caleb and I hope we can continue making more and more episodes. We have a lot of really exciting stuff coming up. Either way, this has been the Internet World Order. I'm Austin Cook. And I am Caleb McLemore. And we will see you guys soon. See you guys.